This show is part of the Darkmore Podcast Network. To join our community Discord or see more content from our members, visit darkmorepodcasts.com. My name is Zach, and I play Alaris Dream, a half-high-elf bladesinger wizard, scholar of the Weaver's Guild, and a keeper of reflection. My name is Yessi, and I play Grimton Steadyhand, a fighter, paladin of Bahamut, special legionnaire of the Pandominion, and revolutionary in the Red Capes. My name is Steven, and I play Urshan Bethethnosh, a red dragonborn cleric of the Twilight Domain, representative of the EWU, and a part of the Lace Battalion. My name is Sarah, and I play Agnar Elfbreaker, an orc barbarian and the first daughter of the late Jarl, Skold of Indelfilk, killed by the warlord Gleb Headtaker. And this is Advantage. Advantage. Last time in episode 3.8, the party returned to Indelfike, having struck a deal with the crew of a ship called the Anthem. In order for both the party and the crew to get what they needed, the coal from the Anthem's cargo hold needed to be unloaded and signed for as delivered. The party, however, needs that coal destroyed and are having the crew of the Anthem do that dirty work once it's finally settled at its drop point. But there was an unforeseen hiccup in that plan. That drop point is the warehouse underneath Urshan's apartment. And that's where we'll pick up. The coal is going into the back of the place that I am staying at, and my landlord has it. Well, Guess we're gonna burn down your BNB. So. BNB stands for burn and burn. Says Agnar. There's, there's got to be other ways to ruin coal besides burning it. Nah, it'll be fine. And we know someone that lives directly above it. Plenty of housing in Endelfeld. This is like above table. This isn't a conversation we're having because we'd be able to tell. This building has my little Airbnb, the business, the business beneath it and the coal warehouse portion. And that is everything that is in here. Yes. The only thing that Urshan is worried about is the small business (laughs) that that I am on top of. There are other places. It's fine. Does the cusp have insurance? Yes. Really? Does the small business that I am above have insurance? Presumably. Like it's a pretty safe bet that they do? Yes, they have insurance. We do have general baking. Banking. General banking for baking. I'm trying to decide how Urshan would feel about it. Steven personally wouldn't want to see a small business burn down, even even if they're insured, because that's like, it's still a big deal. And I'm trying to decide if, like, what, if Urshan, where they would fall on that moral, di- where he would fall on that moral dilemma. And I don't know. Sounds like we should burn it down. I mean, that is technically the plan. Where are, where are we all right now? Incognito, near-ish, but not directly in line of sight of the entrance to the warehouse. I could just go up to my hat to my room. That's what I'm saying. Like this doesn't even have to happen right now. Yeah, isn't it the middle of the day? Yes. Yeah, so maybe it shouldn't happen right now. Do we even know when this coal is like supposed to get like picked up? Uh, relatively soon. The order's already been placed. But what's you do know that much? Uh, relatively soon, within a few days. Yes. 
That's how long it takes our things to get picked up. Otherwise, why put it in a warehouse? Would it be less time than our usurpation of the current government? The the process. Well, it's fifth day. Would be, it is fifth day? Because if if we ta- if we take over the local government, uh, then we don't have to burn this place down. We can just st- embargo. We can just stop things from going. And we we assume that the hunt is going to take place on seventh slash first day this coming up weekend. Yes. Um, and, you know, in general, obviously businesses don't work on 7th and 1st day as much. So you would assume that if they're coming in a few days, they'd probably wait till 2nd day of next week. Um, you know, when business starts up again. For business the- days. So we probably have some time. Unless they're coming tomorrow, you know, on 6th day. But we could also just go ask. Okra would know. We could just go ask Okra. Hard cut? Hard Hard cut. cut. Let's go ask Okra. Is that you again? Yes, it's me. Did you, uh... What's the deal with the ship? Uh... Well... Yeah. It looked like they were unloading. We didn't sink it. So now there's a bunch of coal in a warehouse. Does it get delivered or do you pick it up? I pick it up. I've, I'm the one that rented the, the warehouse space to just kind of like store it for the moment. So I could pick it up whenever, but the expectation from the Kooning is that I do it as soon as possible. Now, it is the middle of the week and I probably won't start on it tomorrow, which means I probably won't start on it this weekend. So I don't know, if, like three days. Okay. Wait, what's your what is what is your plan? I don't want to give you too many details so you don't get into any trouble. All right. Well, we do have a plan. I don't want to implicate you. Okay. Is that okay? Do you really do you really need to know? Nope. It's better this way. Cool. I think so too. Is there any more information that you need from me? We just need to know when when you if you had a deadline for picking this up or not. That was pretty much it. I'm curious to see what comes about, and I will put it on my calendar and talk to my fellow employees that we will be planning to pick it up in a couple days. Okay. The end. The end. I'm sure you will see the coal then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything will indicate that I am planning to pick it up then. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. <laughs> I back out slowly of the, uh, the shop. I think it's time to... Kill us a Jarl. Oh, I was going to say take a nap. But yeah, maybe that too. So I guess what we should do now, I guess prepare for going out to these hunting grounds this weekend. It's time to prepare or maybe preemptively like beat them out there, right? So if there's like, we can make an ambush. Yeah, we can go out to the hunting grounds early. Well, someone was scouting the area out already. Yeah, again. So I suppose it's time to to gear up and head on out there. Is this like a thing where you have to like, you know, beat him in single combat or something? Or can we... Is this ritualized in some kind of way? Can we make this hiking into the woods scene? Yes. While you're having this conversation? We, so we're going out there. Right now, Wait, we're just gonna go look around. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a trek, but okay. I mean, at the very least, we gotta hike back to Fish Bellies anyway. Yeah, fair. Yeah. So, Agnar, what what do we gotta 
do? do we, is it like a group thing? Is this like a you thing? I mean, we can kill him any way we want. Because some people have become the Jarl by, you know, killing people in battle. Some people have become the Jarl by directly challenging them one on one. So I, I, we can do it either anyway. Honestly, I think I could pretty easily take Iron Tusk. Easily. I don't think he's that scary. I mean, obviously it would be like a bit of a challenge, but I, I do think I would win pretty handily. He's always been a pretty lazy brother. Okay. How long has Iron Tusk been the Arl? It can't have been that long, right? Just like a few months? I mean, since I've been um, exiled, how long is that? Since about the beginning of the Great Scuffle. For a bit. Wait, when did that start? Hagnar, did you... Did you hit your head recently? That's like three three months-ish. Like the Great Scuffle beginning was the beginning of Ulrich making their way down to the yeah. to Isatalos, but even that took at least a few weeks, if not longer. Yeah, so it's probably like six months or so. That's kind of what I was... More than that. More than that, yeah. Like I was thinking closer to a year. The, then the Pandominion sent out their expeditions to the contingent to try to establish a relationship with Isatalos. Then they had to build their road. Then the campaign starts. Uh, Agner, you've been exiled for like a year and a half at this point. Wow. Time flies when you're isolated from everyone you know and love. Give me an insight check. Ugh. Ah, nice. It's a nat 20 for Grimton. Nice. I was expecting a 69. Uh, 14. <laughs> uh, 11. 24. Uh, everybody except for Agnar, as Agnar is speaking, you're realizing that if Iron Tusk was appointed by the Kooning, then putting somebody in power who's planning to overthrow the Kooning might not be a great idea. Like the Kooning doesn't know I want to overthrow him, does he? I mean, he—I bet he's got his suspicions, but not that you're actively working against it. I guess you're right, but he certainly wouldn't be thrilled to find out that one of his vassals has been toppled by this, his sister. Yeah. So a new lord coming in with the intention of a civil war might be an issue. Not is, but might be an issue. It is a consideration. Yeah. Well, but that's something that you other three are thinking of, not Agnar. Oh, okay. Agnar didn't roll enough on the insight roll. You know, I think that's something we'll just have to cross whenever we get to that far. If that's the case, Agnar, we can clear the way if need be. You handle Iron Tusk. You'll remember the way that Headtaker became the Jarl. That was definitely not a mono mono battle in the traditional sense. No. That was very much a while you're sleeping execution. And you can do that. A coup de grace. It does also bring to mind, is it the last person that gets the kill shot that becomes the Jarl? I think... It's, no. it's less of a kill-stealing situation and more of who has, I guess, like the appearance of winning the battle. It's like if we're all like part of the fight, but like it's clear that Agnar is the leader here, it's, it is Agnar's victory. I do think, though, we should try to make it to where Agnar is the one who actually does the killing. I this think. is off the table. So yeah, Urshan, Urshan says that as well. Like this is this is Agnar's fight and Agnar needs to be the one who wins emotionally, philosophically, visibly. I can agree with that. Yeah, and I have every intention of doing that. 
Y'all just distract anybody who wants to get in the way. Agnar came here to beat ass! Signs Urshan. <laughs> no, yeah, that the, the motion I've it's not like I didn't use like proper sign language. I literally just like made the motion of whipping someone's ass with with my hands. Some stank face going on with it too. Real quick. If we did we talk to the the sailors at all? Nope. Ah, fuck. So halfway up our hike, we're like, oh, shit. And then just have to, like, turn around and go. <laughs> and run all the way back to the docks. <gasps> and think... just sprinting back to the... Hey friends, it's Joe. I am happy you're here. Uh, I love talking with y'all and I know that the cast does too. Let's hang out together on the Darkmoor Podcast Network's Discord channel. There, of course, you'll get the latest updates from all of our member shows, but more specifically, you can go to the Advantage voice and text chats where we cover stuff specifically tied to this show. We adore our fans' thoughtful commentary on the dramatic narratives of Advantage, and we do eagerly engage with them. Actually, we met one of our pals in podcasting through the Darkmore Discord channel. You might know our friend Riley. Uh, Just a month or so ago, Riley launched a Kickstarter for their own podcast called the Arita Mission. No, this is not going to be a plug to go fund that Kickstarter because it's already made. It met its funding goal. In your future, you can look forward to a fun new science fiction audio drama played in the tabletop system Lancer. Uh, I'll give you a short little blurb from its Kickstarter page. The Arita mission will be a thoughtful, fast-paced story of ambition, consequence, and teamwork. Our tale will follow a group of mech pilots in a world where bounties are fulfilled by relocating the flora and fauna of a dying earth. You'll have to carefully balance combat, diplomacy, and exploration in order to make ends meet without doing more harm than good. Doesn't that sound rad as a nine hells? I love it. I'm so excited for their project and the work that Riley does. Hey, uh, go catch us on twitch.tv. We're there every first, third, and fifth Monday playing something at twitch.tv slash advantage DND. Uh, Yessie recently ran a disadvantage episode for highest tier patrons there. Um, last week, our friend Ian from Darkmoor's Incendium RPGs ran the first half of an eerie gothic horror dungeon crawl uh, with the second installment coming up soon. It's a good time. You know, I wasn't expecting Advantage to get into streaming. Uh, Honestly, I was very opposed to it. But it's been really good for us. It's been fun to do. And I want to specifically thank Steven for largely taking on the technical aspects of that. Uh, He's a good guy. Love him so much. Anyone who's played a tabletop RPG will say that they're unlike any other medium available. The experiential possibilities are endless, and that's what we're here to examine. Welcome to Dragon Mind, a tabletop discussion podcast brought to you by Incendium D&D. We're here to look through the infinite lenses of TTRPGs to discover our best selves through gaming. Gaming doesn't have to just be an escape. It can help revolutionize your reality. 
available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. All right, let's get back to the show. Thank you. When you arrive, it's nighttime. The cusp at large is peacefully asleep and endofilk specifically is snoozing. You have to find this group of sailors. Well, they're at the bar, obviously. All right, you go to a tavern. What's the name of this tavern? Uh, the Meat Sweats. Oh, God. No, fuck, what was the, it? The Meat Sweats? It was, I meant Meat Wave. <laughs> I meant Meat Wave. <laughs> No! <laughs> this is the local, like, shitty rock bar. The Meat Sweats is the local band that is playing there tonight. But what's the name of the bar? The bar... Is Meat Wave! Like, the name of a person who owns that. Like, Vino's, or Gusano's, or... Joe's. Or, like, a, a person's name as the owner. It's Joe's. Is it Joe's? No, okay. No, okay. You walk into Joe's Tavern. Joe is <laughs> dungeon mastering a game for four of their friends. Four assholes. The meat sweats are hammering it out the on stage. The meat sweats are absolutely hammering it out on stage. Give me perception checks all. Ten. 16. Uh, 15. 6. Sure enough, you all come to the same conclusion. The Anthem Sailors are not here. <laughs> hmm. Are they on the boat? Maybe we should go try the Anthem. Yeah, let's go look at the we boat. try. There is a brutish orc there with a torch who you could identify as a dock worker of some sort. Who goes there? Oh. Uh. What business do you have on the wall for this time? We're looking for the crew? There's 15 crews here tonight. Oh, is you looking for in particular? The crew of the Anthem. Oh, the Anthem's crew just embarked a while ago. Ah. What? Good to know. Thank you. Welcome. I'm probably at the building. What's you need them for? It's a party. Yeah, did you already check Joe's? Yeah, we already checked Joe's. They weren't at Joe's. They weren't at Joe's, but the meat sweats are playing. I know, right? No, the meat wave is playing. No, it's the meat sweats. We decided. It is the meat sweats. Oh, the meat sweats are playing. The genre of music they are pioneering is meat wave. Is meat wave. Well, they are here anyway, so run along then. You have no business being on the wharf. So we run, we run along. Hmm. I think they're at the building. We should go to the building. Yeah, let's try the building. That sounds good. So you go to the building. <laughs> Give me perception checks all. We're at like your apartment. Oh my god, 13. Uh, 13. 12. 22. Ursha, you're looking for anything out of the ordinary at the back of your apartment. You see a cloaked figure scurrying in the night. And it disappears. I'm gonna follow that cloaked figure stealthily. You run after that cloaked figure stealthily who dashes around this corner and that. Cut them off at a corner and kind of come face to face with them. The figure in the cloak pauses, puts their arms out, kind of like half skip scared jumps, and then dashes away again. <sighs> I let out a big sigh, and then I go chasing after him. They're out of visual range. Well then, like they're just gone. Who the hell was that? You can give me a perception check again. 12. 
I guess I'd like to kind of look around the building and see if I see anyone else trying to get in. How easy would it be for me to just pop my head into where the coal is hanging out? You could definitely get there, but you're going to have to tell me how. I imagine some like awkwardly placed ventilation windows that are like a little higher than would be, you know, normal or useful for like, you know, being being a person next to a window and opening the window because all kinds of weird stuff gets stored in there and it gets rented out for different things. So these are a little higher up, but there's one <clears throat> I'm imagining kind of on like the edge of the building near uh, a fence that is like out in the, I guess, like the loading dock area that's like on the front of it. And so I can climb this fence and then reach up and get my way into this window. So what do I see? Lots of dusty black coal. But it doesn't look like I see anyone inside. Nor is that coal guarded. The rest of you three, give me perception checks. 13. 18. Oh, much better. Uh, unnatural 20. Grimton and Agnar, not Morlinde. <laughs> Grimton and Agnar, you are looking in the same direction when you see a spark being struck. Agnar, I think someone's trying to set this place on fire. Doing our job for us? You see a cloth of some sort catch fire. Sounds great. Yeah. Wait, where? where's Urshan? He took off after someone. I, I don't know. Haven't clocked him coming back yet. So who's lighting that fire? Want to go find out? It, should we? I'm going to roll to see if this Molotov cocktail is thrown before you arrive or after you arrive. Fair. Agnar and Grimton, as you are approaching, as hurriedly as you can, you watch this flaming bottle soar in an arc like a meteor through the sky before crashing onto the wooden exterior of the warehouse. This bottle breaks and shatters, sending the alcohol into the flame and then the flaming alcohol all over the wood of this building. Oh no. Do we see the perp? Yeah, who, who did it? How aware am I of the <laughs> You You probably just heard it. Uh, you're probably uh, very aware at this point. I'm gonna scamper down. Yeah. Uh, we should probably get out of here. I rolled myself an insight check. I, I rolled a two. Yeah! Or are you rolling insight to divine? Ah, see if Grimton would maybe be able to put together that this is someone from the crew of the Anthem. How big is this fire? All right. Actively right now. We should probably get out of here right now. Getting bigger every second. I'm turning around and running. Would you say that it is currently the size of a small campfire? Urshan. No. Dang. <laughs> Urshan. I assume you know what I was going to go for there. Urshan. <laughs> Urshan, it's lit. Urshan skids around the corner, gestures to the fire like, what are we, what? We're leaving now. It's a crime scene. Urshan, what do you have in your apartment that you want to protect? <laughs> I mean, I'm living out of a suitcase, so I just like hastily scamper up there and gather most of my like important stuff. I'm sure I lose an outfit or two or like some socks. 
Do you grab the three-way chessboard? Of course I do. <laughs> Absolutely. You think I'm going to leave that? It's my favorite. We love a good three-way. We love a good three-way. So I, I toss everything that I can because I didn't like start talking to. I just ran. I just realized this happened. Yeah, right. Ran up into my apartment, uh, started scooping up everything I could and uh, getting it out of there. Urshan comes scampering down the steps from the top apartment just as the flames begin to reach like the very top of the roof. Give me survival rolls. Uh, three. Nineteen. Nine. Ten. Agnar, during raids, you have watched a couple good structures burn, and you can expect that starting from the outside, the exterior walls will burn up to the roof, and then the thatch of the roof will catch a light and fall down into the middle. That's where the goods will be this time. Grimton, you give me give me a survival roll, and actually, you can roll with advantage. It does involve stonework, yes. It's only history checks that involve stonework, Okay, but well, you, well you, you can do it with that. That's fine. 17. You know that the ignition temperature of coal is around 300 degrees Celsius or 840 degrees Fahrenheit. Hmm. And then once it gets going, it maintains even higher than that, like a 1200 degrees good forge temperature uh, if you're stoking your forge with coal. Hey, this is going to be burning for a we while. We're about to burn the whole town down. Uh, well, it depends on how quickly they contain this. But also, would it be more suspicious if you weren't here? You know, when people came to check out, check this out. Give me stealth checks because people are beginning to wonder. Um, it would make sense for me to be here because that was where I was staying. Uh, 20. Um, I did roll 19. 19. 13. Y'all can be as blended as you choose to be, but you have to tell me how you're not being conspicuous during this. Uh, I am, you know, wearing the hat, of course, so I look like... Uh, any other orc. Uh, yeah, I'm in the group of people that's watching shit burn down. Like, oh my god, it's on fire. Anytime someone looks at me a little funny or starts to get suspicious, I pretend I'm looking for someone else. Are there people trying to put out the fire? There definitely are. I'm helping. Like in a bucket brigade sort of help? Yeah. Slow it down. Blend it in with the bucket brigade. Hilaris, are you getting deja vu? Urshan has decided that this fire needs to be contained, obviously, but but like this building is burning down. Like there's yeah, it's, no. Yeah, it's toast. This this is about saving other structures. This isn't about saving this one. We need to dig a ditch around the building. Grimton is trying to direct people. That there's very little he can do to do anything about this fire. So he like takes his stuff across the street, you know, kind of sets it down and digs through and um, pulls out his harmonica and uh, starts to play a somber bluesy tune in hopes of, I guess like setting the right mood for everybody that is just gathered here to watch this building. Like it's gonna be what it is. So throw some, some tone out there in the hopes of keeping everybody calm and I don't know, giving him a moment. Urshan, see a bespectacled half-orc arrive in the crowd, who you know to be your ex-landlord, Gain Falkson. He's standing there, looking up at the flames with his hands on his hips, shaking his head. With a bluesy tune playing in the background. 
What's nice about this for him, he's got insurance, baby. He's, he's not out nice. of a living situation. On the contrary, Urshan, you see the owners of the bakery, coffee shop, delicatessen, whatever, next to him, who are crying and weeping for their own livelihood. Then, Agnar, somebody approaches you from behind. This was your plan. The one you wouldn't tell me. It's Okra. I don't know what you're talking about. You get two pats on the back. This show would not be possible without the generous financial backing of our Patreon supporters. Today's episode was brought to you by Adam Guta, Brian, Chris Kimball, Dan Bauer, Daniel Tan, Lena Nabusi, Lucia, Mark Williams, Michael Callahan, Ryan, Thor, and Yona. Thank you, each and every one. We would not be able to share this story with the world without your help. Music in this episode was written and performed by our friends Blake Bost, Mormon Audio, and Taylor Perry from Playing Out of Character. Harmonica was played by me. Our logo and the extensive maps on our website were done by Daniel Grayling. Emmeline Kelly drew our character art, and our website was built by Labor of Love Graphics. Our role-playing system is 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, published by Wizards of the Coast, who we hope who we hope will keep the focus of the game on community over profit. A large scale dream was played by Zach Weaver. Jesse Lemus played Grimton Steady Hand. Agnar Elfbreaker was played by Sarah Zimmerman, and Urshan Bethethnosh was played by Stephen Sivils. I'm the Dungeon Master, Joe Love. Thank you, friends. One, two, three, clap. clap. I didn't say right. I didn't say clap. Well but I did you it. slut. <laughs> That's an accurate description of me. Is Chris still living in my house? Yes. Um, he's finishing his master's. Chris works at Logan's again for a little bit. No Rogan's Toad House? <laughs> He, he said uh, that he, because he, he's working at the one at like Bryant or whatever, and, and he's like, yeah, and I went in there and it is the exact same layout as the Conway one, and it's like I'm having like nom flashbacks to, to <laughs> my time there. Yeah, I'm going to lose his leg. Anyway. It is wild to me that so many people worked at Logan's. Yup. No wonder it became in-universe, kind of. It's one of the best shared traumatic experiences I've ever had. list of band names that I have I have I have scooped up from more or less normal conversations these aren't like things that like people tried to think of these would just come about in conversation like the one I decided to scoop up from our last recording um, so uh, we've got second wave cool beans a lot of skrunk and a dash of grimble Schrodinger's plate mail party piss <laughs> <laughs> One good staple. Party piss is very good. Pussy Xanax. 
sexualizing trains. That's me. Hot corn air. My flavor of dumb. Bring your favorite fascist. Meat wave and labored shoveling. I love meat waves. This list is long. It's not. Let's let it continue to not be a real band. But make merch. Oh, that's for meat wave. For and then. I'll just be like, I love Meat Wave. We're going to gaslight the hell out of people. I, I hate to break this to you. Meat Wave, I just Googled it. Meat Wave is a real band. Dang. Damn it. I wonder if they're good. I also wonder if they're good. This podcast is brought to you <laughs> by, by Meat Wave. I'm listening to Meat Wave right now. And they have a fantastic logo. I'm going to link to Meat Wave's website right now we have there's so many things in the in the advantage universe that we could make merch for like that that are like canon i mean there's so many flop houses and other places uh brogan stoat house the midnight haberdashery um anything that we have done (laughs) um like what there's so many things that we could we could do like we could easily we could do a a, like a show poster for for like a local show but just but just use things like the unknown associates of grimton steady hand the red capes like organizations from the cusp as the make it make it into like a tour t-shirt you know have like random cities and dates oh my god oh my god cities from the cusp Arc, arc. Oh, that's hilarious. Arc one and two tour shirt. Uh, <laughs> hilarious. <Dude. laughs> I'm going to throw that in Canva. <laughs> oh, Molende. Nope. <gasps> that's a different character still. What's going on with me? I, I like, I like that this idea that, that there are just people calling Agnar by the wrong name and then, being, very like, funny. then being like who's Morlinde to themselves like they don't even and what's know very, what's very funny is that like they don't know Urshan doesn't know but like Grimton and Alaris are getting some weird flashbacks yeah they're like yeah what the fuck you know Morlinde how many Morlindes could there possibly be Alaris are you getting deja vu you know, that's a good question. This isn't the first time that an arc has began with a substantial fire after about seven episodes. <laughs> no, I guess it was four episodes four. for Arc 1. Yeah, it was real early in Arc 1. <laughs> <laughs>